0: This podcast proudly brought to you by Boss Shot Shells. Old school is back in season. Experience superior shells when you go with Boss Shot Shells. Their premium non-toxic bismuth shells knock birds down so hard that the old guys might just think they're shooting lead again. Make sure you check out Boss Shot Shells for your next purchase of shotgun shells. what's going on folks thanks for joining me on another episode of the duck gun podcast on this week's episode ellie and i will be talking about layout boat hunting and this topic actually was suggested to us by a listener um but it's very relevant to me because i'll be doing some layout hunting coming this fall for the first time so before we get into that a quick word from our partners and we'll jump right into the content Gunner's American-made dog boxes come with a lifetime warranty and the market's only CPS crash test certification. The guys over at Gunner Kennels have conducted major stress tests to show just how strong they really are, like applying 4,000 pounds of force, dropping a 630-pound hammer from 8 feet, and shooting it with a 12-gauge shotgun at 7 paces with no bullet penetration engineered for your dog and built for your peace of mind. Gunner doesn't cut any corners. Nothing comes close to the G1. Go to GunnerKennels.com and use code DuckGun10 at checkout for 10% off your next purchase. We'd also like to give a big thanks to our partners over at ShotCam. Now I've been using ShotCam for the last year and I can tell you right now, it's a great tool for improving your shooting, whether you're doing clays or live birds or just wanna see some cool footage of your shots after the fact, make sure to check out shotcam.com and use discount code DuckGun at checkout for $40 off. Hi, this is Killian Bailey from Bailey's Game Calls. I'm here to tell you about our duck, goose, and wood duck calls. We use 3D printing technology to revolutionize the industry. This new technology allows us to create calls with the same sound as wood, acrylic, or anything in between that's at a fraction of the price. Make sure to check out baileysgamecalls.com for your next game call. Next, we'd like to give a big thanks to our partners at White Rock Decoys. Be a nomad and get out further with their system of windsocks and silhouettes. Use discount code DUCKGUNPOD at checkout for 10% off your next order at whiterockdecoys.com. lay down. That's the start of the podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hit record? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, folks? I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles. Got my co-host, Elliot Graybeard from Freelance Duck Hunting, and we're here for another podcast coming at you. How are
1: you doing tonight, Elliot? Uh, I'm doing great. Summer Elliot is doing wonderful. <laughs> Relaxed. <laughs> no Not, school. Nope. nope. Those of you who don't know, I'm actually a school teacher um, full-time as well. Um, and right now it's just relaxation time.
0: Yeah, I think uh, teaching is the number one coolest job in the summer. Yeah, for sure. For <laughs> sure.
1: I I, I um, have made myself, though, a daily schedule. I'm working out. I'm doing daily devotions. Uh, I've got a certain amount of time I'm working on, like, social media, YouTube stuff. So I've got, like, an actual routine schedule. You know, I've got my dream is to be able to go full-time <laughs> waterfowling, right? But I'm a little worried that it's like, I'm really good at sitting on the couch and just watching YouTube videos and playing <laughs> Rocket League. I mean, I'm really good at that. So I'm like, it worries me a little bit if I was able to go full-time with it, like, would I just become the biggest couch potato ever? <laughs> so I've like, I've made myself the schedule and I'm, I'm doing some online teaching with um, this Chinese company where I'm teaching English to Chinese little chinese students but i've got this full daily schedule and to see okay you know how can i kind of a, as a tester and it's it's going really well i'm in really i love having the schedule and and have some routine, so it's going good sweet
0: that's some good stuff
1: yep summer's off to a good start i only got like 70 days left Counting down. Well, the good thing
0: about going back into school, though, that's right when duck season starts.
1: Yeah, that's the amazing thing. That's perfect timing. Perfect timing because you know you can't be mad that season is almost here. (laughs) So
0: sweet. You been up to anything else?
1: Well, I just. In fact, I just released today my first video in a month, and I don't know. I'm not sure I've gone a month without putting out a video for years. Um, I just put out a video where we took our kayaks and paddled into a flood and camped out. So right now, right now if you guys aren't in the Midwest, um, and I'm not sure if you guys are getting this, but we I've never in my lifetime seen rain like this. It's rained almost every day for like a month. And you look at the 10-day forecast and it's still... We had crazy tornadoes last night. I mean, it's unbe- the weather is unbelievable. And so um the reservoir all the reservoirs but the reservoir that i took you to on your second um visit is higher now it's the water's backed up and it's higher now than it's ever historically been since they started keeping record so where you were sitting um when you shot the gadwall and you know on that ice hunt, ice hole hunt is now like 20 feet underwater which is crazy wow, to crazy. think about yeah it's it's insane um, and so we, we, me and Simeon or Simeon and Aiden and myself, we put boats on and the boat ramp. It's like, even just to get the boat ramp, you're basically just like a road. Cause the boat ramp is also 20 feet underwater. So we put our boats on, um, the flood and paddled clear back into our, our duck hunting spots. And the crazy thing is when you cut through the forest, you're, we're actually paddling kind of through the canopy, uh, which is just surreal environment. And we found a place and camped out for the night, and it was a really, really fun time. And I'm pretty happy with how the video turned out. I wanted the video to, to give people the feel that I had when I was doing it. And so I, I think as, as best you, as best I could do, I think it kind of transferred a little bit. So it was a fun trip. It was fun. Nice.
0: Yeah. I watched that and it definitely got me back in the mood to camp again. And I I love getting out there and camping and all that kind of stuff. And, um, I saw you guys had the hammock out there as well, but
1: (laughs) yeah, I I had forgotten and I was, I didn't document this well enough on the video is that that's the first time I'd used that, um, hammock and I'd forgotten there was no rain rain fly to it. So we got it out there and setting up, I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's supposed to rain from like three to six. We've got two one man bivvies. And a hammock with no rain fly. And so Simeon was going to sleep in the hammock. And I'm like, okay, this isn't going to work. I'm going to have to move. I I thought I was like, okay, I can do this. I can tough it out. I can sleep in the rain, right? Because I don't really want to crowd into a one-man bivy with anyone. and Like, snuggle like that. So um, I'm like, putting Simeon in the bivy. And I'm just going to go ahead and take the hammock. I've got a sleeping bag I'm going to cover myself with. I'm going to put my raincoat on. And... I I can do this. If it starts raining, I can just lay there. I can handle it. So about three o'clock, sure enough, thunder, lightning starts raining. And, and the one flaw to my plan, well, you know, a hammock is kind (laughs) of a half circle, you know? Right. And so I, I, the rain landed by my feet and head and just slid right down under my back. And so within like 10 minutes, I'm feeling this rain come into my back and, and I'm like, I can't do it. I can't. I'm like, Aiden, I'm coming in. So, (laughs) I, I went and crawled in that little one-man bivy with him, and surprisingly enough, it actually slept just fine. I put my head down at the feet, and um, his head was up top, and I was we were able to sleep with no problem without even, like, it wasn't near as cramped as I thought. Because um, I figured it would just be, like, side by side, because those little bivvies, they're like a triangular prism shape, if you guys haven't seen them. But I was really amazed at how I was able to get in there and, and um, sleep just fine. But that was a little bit of an adventure.
0: Yeah. Well, that's uh that's always what you want when you camp, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. And that was our I cut this part out of the video that I was actually talking about. It's like the two goals on that trip were number one, I love anytime my my favorite duck hunting holes are flooded, I just love to get back in there and float around and and, and also just, you know, I mean, I've this particular place I've hunted like 33 times. I've shot over hundred ducks at this one little spot we were in and so i like paddling back in there even if it's not flooded and just thinking about the memories you know and and i'm i'm sure i tell every time i'm in there i tell the same stories oh i remember hunting this spot i remember hunting that spot and just reminiscing but then where we where we ended up camping was i mean complete middle of nowhere i mean there's no scenario in which someone would have walked in on us because it's it's public land right up against all the surrounding private ground that are just like fields. And I mean, we were just in the middle of nowhere. And I love that feeling. I love the feeling of just like, we could sit here for days. No one would ever find us. And that Mm -hmm. feeling is really, you don't, it's hard to get, you know, in the society that we live in. So to be able to be in that situation, it's like, I love being able to say, you know what? No one could find us right now. No one knows where we're at. No one could find us. I love, (laughs) I love that thought. Nice. It was a fun trip. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I'm still itching from bug bites, but they they, they oh, yeah. weren't too bad. They weren't they were they could have been a lot worse considering, um, you know, deep woods with undergrowth, with uh, you know, water everywhere for mosquitoes to hatch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it could have been a lot worse. The mosquitoes really weren't weren't that bad. I I I I'm perfectly fine with the few bites I've got. Sweet
0: deal. Well, today I actually went on um, a pigeon hunt, so I know I text you right before we're about to record, said, hey, I need a little bit more time. <laughs> I was rushing back um, on my way home from work. I saw a bunch of pigeons at one of the farms I hunt, and so I'm like, man, they're flying around. I got to get out there, <laughs> so 45-minute little shoot with Chief, and I shot like eight pigeons.
1: <laughs> oh, Wow. Wow. Now your video, this is different obviously than the video because your video, I just saw it before I got on that you had released the pigeon hunt video and I had just watched that um, not too long before you texted me. So you've been doing quite a bit of this. I think what's that, your third pe- uh, pheasant or uh, pigeon hunt this year?
0: Um. Yeah, actually, I mean I've done it a couple more times than I've put videos out. So i um, just kind of working on the retrieving and training and um, I- I'm kind of doing, I don't know. Just like uh, talking about Chief and kind of the journey of getting him ready. Cause I, I think I talk about this. I talked about this last year, and every time I'm like, man, I'm gonna get Chief trained. I'm gonna get him, you know, up to par, everything I can do. Um, and then I do just a bunch of like homemade, I, I don't know how you call it. Like, uh, just I think to myself, what would I wanna do to make my dog a better retriever? and i just don't know what to do so i just end up doing like the same stuff throwing bumpers trying to do like hand signals and everything so anyways i started doing this is a long answer to your question but started doing that freddie king program uh the retriever trainer um and i like it pretty pretty well so far um, i'm like eight videos in uh and either it's like He already knows this. We do it, like, one day, and I just, you know, he already knows it. And a lot of the stuff's going to be review, but now it's, like, more strict, more strenuous. And also, like, I kind of have, like, an end goal pushing through it, so I know what what I got to do, if that makes any sense. So, kind of answer that, yeah. We're doing the training, like, two to three times a day. And then um, when I can squeeze in a pigeon hunt to keep it fun for him. um, And he's loving the pigeon hunt, so...
1: (laughs) He's a, he's an interesting dog. He was so motivated in that video today. I mean, cause last time I know we talked about him being a little lower drive, but it certainly wasn't on that pigeon hunt.
0: I know. I know. So it's like, uh, sometimes it feels like he gets, I think part of it, right. Is, um, maybe I'm too tough on him. Like, like telling him no and, and all this kind of stuff. And, um, and like. I'm trying not to be too tough on him right now. Like on the pigeon hunting, like we're not like, I'm not like, if he drops the bird, I'm like, it's fine, you know, good job. Um, You don't have to be force-fetched yet or like he's breaking, which, you know, obviously I don't want that. But right now I'm just kind of focusing on uh, just like the general obedience and then I'm going to be more stricter in some of that other stuff because I have noticed when I tried to do stuff like, making him steady then he does. It's like the longer he waits before he gets it, the more drive he loses. But if he can bolt right away, he keeps up some of that drive. Um, And same thing, if I get on to him for a bunch of stuff, then it seems like he's like, well, this is no fun. All you're doing is telling me what to do. And obviously he has to be a good dog, well-mannered, and, you know, obey. But um, right now I am – one of the things, and I don't say this a lot in the video, but I'm hoping that he – has better drive too so i'm trying to not lose any of the drive by being too strict on on stuff if that makes any sense
1: yeah so how old was cheap when you got him like Uh, eight weeks uh, baby baby
0: yeah baby baby like
1: okay i think he was six weeks (laughs) how at what at what age did you start trying to steady him
0: i think right away honestly which we've learned since then you're not supposed to do that
1: yeah because that that's the one thing that they say can deplete drive yeah i got
0: videos of him and I was just like screwing around in the backyard, like I thinking, you know, this is you know great to be able to do this. But he's like fourteen weeks and I got him like steady at heel where I'm shooting my bow and then I throw you know bumpers for him to get and
1: <laughs> Yeah. That may maybe so, that's it. Maybe that was the deal.
0: Maybe. So I don't know. I don't know what it is, but he does it's like he has a switch and I just gotta figure out how to keep it activated all the time.
1: Yeah. Um, and you know, we keep talking about our videos, guys. Don't forget. You can go see these videos over at duck on Chronicles for Jordan freelance duck hunting for myself. And also if you guys like what we're doing, head over and give us a rating and a review. We would really appreciate that. Um, so don't, don't forget to check us out on our YouTube channels and the review.
0: Awesome. All right. So I think that's pretty much it. I think I answered your question. But- well, I've got a
1: couple more questions for you. Cause I, I, actually, that video I did have some questions just pop up in my mind on sure, the yeah. video. Cause I, I, first thing I noticed was the steady issue that he was breaking. Well, first thing I noticed was the drive that his drive seemed accelerated. And, and obviously you guys know by this point in time, I'm no professional trainer. These are just questions that are propping into my mind. Um, and, um, the, the not being steady didn't really seem to be, um, bothering. It wasn't, didn't seem to be your focus. It seemed like at that point it was kind of, okay, what, what are your top two goals for chief on the, uh, uh, on the off season and talk to me about the steady thing that, that particular aspect is so important to me personally. I would certainly, um, just for me, I would sacrifice drive for steady any day, but what's, what's kind of your methodology you're going through here.
0: Yeah, so right now I'm just trying to get him, like, um, just, you know, having fun on those. Uh, but as far as like the steadiness goes, yeah, I'm definitely gonna, by season, I'm gonna have him back steady because he's been steady before. Um, but he, I guess I, I wouldn't say he's like 100% steady. So right now it's just like, I'm not worrying about it. But when I get to that point, um, then I will. And, and so part of that is it's, uh, You know, going through the videos, it's not, like, a topic we've hit on yet. So as it comes up in the videos through the series, then I'll I'll steady them up. Um, But it it just must be more of a focus later on coming up. And then one thing, actually, in my next video, I posed this question at the end, um, which another goal of mine was to be force-fetching. But I watched the videos for force-fetching. And, man, it just doesn't look fun. It doesn't look fun for me. It doesn't look fun for the dog. Um, and I know a lot of people say it's like not a lot of pain or whatever But I'm just worried about doing it and doing it correctly and all that kind of stuff So it's almost like I'm kind of <laughs> stepping back on that Do I need to have him force fetched or not? And that's one of the questions I posed at the end of the video um, Because he I mean he's bringing them 90% of them he brings back and sits down at my side And then he'll drop them, you know He won't like wait for me to get them from him Some some of them I did and some of them I didn't but you know It just doesn't seem to be a huge issue. So if I don't, if there's any chance of losing some of the positive I've gained,
1: then, you know, yeah. So what, what, what aspect of the force fetch training in the video you're seeing are just giving you hesitation?
0: I don't know. It just, I mean, I'm no expert. It's just, uh, it just obviously put them through pressure. And then from that, they have to grab the bird and hold on to it. And I just don't. Like I said, some of the drive has been an issue with Chief in the past, and I know people can ruin a dog through force fetch. You can lose it, you know, uh, lose their motivation for the bumper, for the birds, everything. So I just don't want to do something wrong. Yeah. When it seems almost kind of finicky, especially for um, me, I'm a uh, I'm not an expert. I'm pretty much a noob. Um, just done a lot of backyard kind of minor stuff, and then two. Um, as well Chief is not like a, an expert dog either and I know he's had issues in the past when I've been he, he gets his feelings hurt easy I guess uh-huh. is the best way and it's kind of a weird combination because he is definitely a stubborn dog he's very stubborn um, but he gets his feelings hurt easy so it's like you have this thin line where he's just like I don't care I don't care I don't care oh man you hurt my feelings bad you know? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, and so I mean it's a real like it's so like when I when you have to set up your e-collar. So I just actually upgraded my e-collar. I had one last year, but it was like the it was the yard trainer, and it doesn't have near the settings that the field trainer has, um, and capability. So I upgraded that for the field field trainer, uh, sporting dog e-collar. And um, when I went through the settings, um, I had to go. It has three different settings so you go up to seven and then if the settings aren't right you grab the collar take it off and you like do some settings on it to get to the next stage of setting and then I go through that and I'm all the way at seven on the second setting so I'm one away from stubborn dog Oh um, wow. and then they have seven more for stubborn <laughs> so he's stubborn but if I do anything too crazy his feelings are hurt and he doesn't want like he's just he just turns off he doesn't want to do whatever we're doing so I want to make sure I don't make him have a negative association with anything, you know, bumper retrieving, all that kind of stuff. Cause I know that we can lose stuff on that.
1: Yeah. Are you happy with that e-collar so far?
0: Yeah, it's great so far.
1: What, what did you pay for that? Um, it was like $170. Okay. Cause I think I'm going to get one too. I'm, I think I'm convinced at this point to get one for, for Georgia. I probably won't need to do so for a while. I'm not even sure what it's age. like. You don't have to start to like in month, like seven, eight, right? Yeah, I'd say okay. like six or seven or something, something yeah, like that. But, you know,
0: I think it's it's like magic, man. <laughs> E-colors are great.
1: Yeah, I definitely think I'm going to go to one. So, But it's really interesting to see um, what you and Chief are going through yeah. right now and, and to watch it. So um, I hope you're going to be documenting it more through video because I certainly find it interesting because we've talked so much about this stuff and I like seeing it and, and talking about yeah. it.
0: Yeah, I think it's good. Yeah, too. Um, so hopefully, yeah it'll be good. I'm, I'm keeping the videos coming on that and hopefully I can add a little bit of the training in there as well. It's a little harder to film cause I'm just running out you know, I got 15, 20 minutes before work and then come home at lunch and eat my lunch as fast as I can and then do that. And then maybe we go out for a pigeon shoot in the night or in the evening.
1: Yeah. Um, it's too bad. You can't get Hunter to go and be the shooter. Yeah.
0: I, I probably could get somebody
1: because but... I mean, <laughs> I think that would definitely help to not have to worry about the shooting and just focus on, What you're trying to do you know yeah but it looks good i mean
0: i I think there's he'll be he'll be steady he's been steady before i'm just not worried about it yet and so i i know that i'll need to soon and it was just kind of like shaking off the rust um the first i think you know the first video he had like a lot of issues he wasn't obeying at all second video he has some issues because he breaks pretty much you know (laughs)
1: Oh, I know then, what else. Well, I'm sorry. I'll say it after go ahead. And,
0: and then the last this last time, um, he kinda cleans up everything. Uh, but he's breaking to the shot, right? But he knows what we're doing, he's coming to heal, all that kind of stuff. So now it's like now he's he's in the game, he knows what we're doing. He knows what's expected of him, now just put a little bit more on him. He's got to be steady too. So even if at the time up, he'll he'll be fine and he'll be steady for sure.
1: Yeah, he's a good dog. He's a good dog. Um Did have you been working more on hand signals because that's the best hand signal in that video I've ever seen him take?
0: Yeah, yeah, and he's he's known hand signals before, um, so it's kind of like revisiting that, but I I haven't actually got to hand signals yet, um, in the training series. But he knows he knows hand signals, um,
1: that was a great one in that video. He stopped, turned, looked at you, followed it perfectly. (laughs)
0: Yeah, the funny part was um, I forgot to turn on the e-caller. So um, I was pushing the buttons, like, you know, whistle for him to sit, and he mm-hmm. sat. And he's, he's learned kind of like uh, if he doesn't know where where it's at, that he can look to me and I can help him out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, um, he still needs to work on it. He's like uh, he'll follow the hand signals for, like, you know, 10, 15 yards. And if they haven't showed up or he hasn't come across it, then he's like, You don't know what you're talking about. He just like (laughs) goes off on his own, you know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, cool, cool. It was a good video. Awesome. Little shot cam footage in there too, right?
0: (laughs) All right, I think right now is a perfect time to jump into our topic for the week, and this week we'll be talking about um, our tips for layout hunting. And this is one we actually did a, a post a while back. And I'm actually going to post another one up here in the Facebook group tonight, asking for your guys' input on podcast topics. Um, we're going ahead and scheduling some more, and we're doing some more, me and Elliot, just tips and tricks style podcasts. So, you know, go over there if you want to, if you got a podcast suggestion, let us know. It'll be over there in Fellowship of the Duck Gun. Um, but yeah, it's layout boat hunting, and it's perfect because uh, a lot of you guys know that I got an Old Town Canoe um kayak hybrid this year and i'll be doing some layout hunting and i just made a purchase within the last couple weeks for the redhead layout blinds um so i can lay out and hunt in the old town canoe that's that's the plan so yeah um elliot is an expert on this topic he's been layout hunting in his boat for um, longer than most people have been hunting. So
1: (laughs) we've been doing it a while for sure. (laughs) I don't know about expert, but we've certainly learned it's taken the learning curve for us has been extremely slow. Let's just say that (laughs) it's just taken a long time for us to get to the point where I finally feel like we're at the point where I've kind of got it perfected and figured out at least our style and how we go about it.
0: Awesome. All right. So let's just jump into what is, uh, tip number one for layout hunting in a layout boat or hunting in a layout boat.
1: (laughs) So I'm going to address this as to someone who's just trying to get into it. That doesn't really know where to start. Um, so number one I would say is you need to decide what you're wanting to do with your layout boat. Um, are you wanting to travel long distance with it? Is it going to be shallow marshes? Is it going to be deep water? um you know because you've got a lot of different options for us we we um we like to paddle our kayaks or layout now we've got we've gone to kayaks but we're using them just like a layout boat where we started with layout boats and we progressed into the ascend kayaks but we use them exactly like layout boats so number one um what type of places are you going to be hunting and what type of layout suits you best we've got a lot of big open marshes here in kansas like cheyenne bottoms and some others and a lot of guys will get these big heavy mo marsh type of layout boats and they'll put uh mud motors on them and uh, you have for that type of setup you've got to have a trailer and you're basically you're just using it like a regular boat that has a layout function to it so and a lot of guys really like that with our boats the reason that we got into them is that We have places that we want to get our layout boats to that you can't get to just by driving up, dropping off your layout boat and motoring to it. So we want light um, layout boats that we can portage to the forest, drag, we can stack them on our boat. So we've gone the route. First, we we had real small cartons layout boats, but that didn't work well with dogs. So then we moved to a little bigger layout boats and then we, like I said, we went to the 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 kayak version so it's it's a light boat it's only about 100 pounds it's um you can you can transport it wherever you want and it suits us really really well so step one what type of layout boat do you need a heavy big one where you can put a motor on or more of a small portable layout boat that's your that would be your first step
0: So what about a layout hybrid canoe?
1: <laughs> I, I honestly, I feel like the Ascend Kayak is that as well. I feel like it's uh, exactly is like
0: it considered know, a hybrid?
1: I don't know if it's considered, but to me it is. Um, it's just not your traditional kayak. Um, I, it's it, it functions much more like a canoe. I, I mean, from what I see at the old town, they look fairly similar, quite honest. And, mm. um, and I would say I, I should add also is that um, I had an eight. The, the first layout boat I had was eight foot. We had to go to 10, 11, 12 foot. If you have a dog, you're gonna want something at least 11, 12, so you can get them back behind you when you're laying out. But yeah, I I consider, as long as you can get, especially with these redhead blind attachments, um, you know, In our my previous days, we didn't want anything that tall. We were like, we wanted short, small, keep it low, but we've kind of come to the realization that as long as you brush them well, these kayaks sit up a little bit higher, than your traditional layout boats, but you're talking a matter of six to seven inches. And so we used to be really concerned about it being flatter, but I mean, we've, I don't think it's an issue to get something a little bit taller, as long as you're concealing it properly. I don't think it's an issue. So yeah, I've definitely put yours in in the realm of, of layout, layout boat, the way you're going to be using it.
0: So with this style, do you think it's more effective than, uh, like standing up and kind of making some cover in the brush?
1: Uh, yeah, it's it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's because number one, number one, um, it's very, very difficult to create a blind where you have total cover. And a lot of it, a lot of it depends on where you're going to be hunting as well. So when we hunt marshes that have tree cover, we don't feel the need to use the layout. As long as you, I mean, you can get if you have any kind of tree cover at all, it's so much easier. But a lot of the marshes that we're hunting, especially out west, there's no trees at all. So if you're building a blind, it's almost impossible. Now you can do it with a frames, but a frames aren't as, aren't as portable. It's almost impossible to build a blind where you're totally covered on top. And with the layout blinds, if you're doing it properly, you will have every single part of you covered, except for maybe your nose and your eyes. And you just cannot get that done. Um, in a prairie marsh or a marsh without trees or heavy bushes, you know, it. to me, it is the best way to, to get hidden for sure.
0: I think uh, layout layout hunting is a lot different in a boat than a field because, um, one thing about it, at least what I've seen from your videos, cause like I said, I'm not the expert on it, but you can get right up in the brush and the brush will be, um, the same level as the rest of your um kind of setup you know Mm -hmm. you're set up with everything it's like the same height if not a little shorter than the brush around you so you don't stick out at all whereas in a field when you lay out a lot of times you're taller than the surrounding um habitat or brush or corn stalks or whatever it is
1: yeah absolutely and one common common mistake that guys that go to layout hunting out of kayaks and layout boats make is they think that they can just roll in and sit out there in the open in a layout. And that is absolutely not the case. You need, you need vegetation. That's going to be at least a couple feet. I mean the, the taller, the better, um, well, it can get too tall. Um, but you can't just go in three, four inch flooded vegetation and get in there with a layout boat and, and get, consistently get mallards right down in your decoys. You need, you still need three foot tall, um, because it's still, even though you brush it properly, it's still, the ducks can still pick it out. Um, if it's by itself. So a lot of guys think that you can just go out there and sit in the middle of no, including myself. Uh, when I first started, we had, to, I had to learn this through lots of trial and error, but it, it does not function just by itself. And that's basically the point you're making about the fields. Um, is it does, cause it does stand out if you do it that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So spot selection, as far as your concealment is important. You know, you kind of reminded me something, um, when you said that you had, you can't consistently get the mallards cupping in there. Forgot to tell you this. When I hunt with the pigeons, I run the dove mojo and no joke. I was standing up to pick up my, uh, <laughs> my decoys and i had a mallard cup into 20 yards of me in the field today greenhead
1: oh my gosh that is insane i
0: I couldn't believe it he comes right over the dove mojo and i turn around i'm picking up my stuff and i I hear behind my back just like the little quack quack and i look over and i cannot believe it there's a mallard
1: that's awesome that is crazy
0: yeah, so I think the GoPro got it because the GoPro was still rolling behind me. So it's going to show me picking up my stuff and looking over my shoulders. There's this mallard coming in behind
1: me. <laughs> very cool, very cool. Uh, all
0: right, so next uh, next uh, tip or next topic for the layout hunting.
1: The next topic would be brushing. Um, well, Figuring out how you're going to set up your blind or what kind of blind you're going to use and then brushing it. So when I started... Um, through my progression is I had an eight foot cartons and I just had a camo tarp and I was tying just to pull. I thought, well, I could just throw the tarp over me and I'll be fine. But that that's not enough. Just a tarp by itself isn't enough. So then we went to making our own, basically Raffia blankets where we took, um, we took, Like fencing, like plastic fencing, like deer fence and whatever for gardens. We cut a little section. We tied tons of raffia to it. We would roll it up. So we would row out to our spot, unroll that, and then lay it over us like a blanket. And the problem with that was um, it's very difficult to get all the way under it. So basically, we'd have our arms over it. So now we were concealed except for everything, but basically our chest to the top of our head. And that wasn't enough. The ducks just weren't doing it properly. So... From there, um, and we were using that up until last year, and we just kept saying, this just isn't working. It's just not working. Um, now, if you're by yourself and you're doing it that way and the and the vegetation's just right, you're probably going to be okay. But if you get two or three guys, we went out to Cheyenne Bottoms um, two years ago, Corn, my dad and I, and it was just obvious, even with good vegetation around us, what we were doing was not enough. Uh, and that's when we saw, I don't know how we... Oh, they actually sounded at Bass Pro, the, the redhead blind attachment like you purchased. And once we got that, um, oh, I will say with the blankets, we were also, we had a hood coming up over our heads. Um, so we made a hood. So it was a blanket and a hood. Still, it wasn't enough. Um, and so we bought the redhead blind attachment, which it has the two doors that lay over you. and And we still had the hood for our heads and the dogs behind us. And that's when finally... We were able to get hidden enough to even with four guys and not much cover at all um, other than just, you know, the little stuff around us to to pull in big groups of when we pulled in a huge couple, huge groups of pintails one day um, out on Western Kansas. It was Dan. It was four of us. And we pulled in two or three nice groups of pintail right into the decoys and pintail. If you guys don't hunt them very much, they're extremely wary. They're hard to get right in especially with four guys without much cover around you. And when that happened, I was like, finally, I was like, okay, we've, we've, we've achieved the goal. We, we've gotten to the place of concealment. Um, so either you're going to have to purchase some type of blind to go on your layout, or you're going to have to build one. Now the best video that I've ever seen about building blinds for your kayak is by a super small little channel that's here in Kansas called Kayak Guys. Um, and, and I really I really like their channel. they don't get many views but they they go through about three or four different builds to put a blind on your kayak. all the builds are different. Um, but you're gonna have to have some form of a blind. And e- the easiest way is if you can get the redhead blind attachment to actually work for your kayak. Now your kayak's gonna need to be at least, I think or your layout boat 10 to 12 feet long for it to work. Um, but that's the easiest way. But they can be built, too. Once you have it built, the way that, the way that we do it is we start off off-season with a base layer of raffia grass. And raffia grass can be purchased online. I know Avery sells it. And, and you it's fairly easy to find. And you cut it into little bundles and zip tie them to the loops or to, to your blind. And we use a base layer with that. But that doesn't seem to be enough, either. Because when you're just trying to use raffia alone by it it starts losing its realism look by the time it gets wet and you get about quarter of the way through the season your raffia grass will it just lays flat it's uh it, it, it just lays flat doesn't look realistic in fact i saw um on facebook just the other day a guy making pictures of a blind that he had made with his h12 and i didn't I never know whether I should make comments on Facebook or not, but I looked at it I'm like, oh man, by mid-season, that's not going to work. It's just, you can't go raffia grass only. So base layer of raffia grass, zip tied to the blind. And then when you're in the field, you match whatever's around you, you stuff in and completely finish it out. So that's going to take a good 20 to 30 minutes, but that's really, really important is the natural vegetation that's in the, in each given marsh, give yourself 30 minutes and just fill in on top of that raffia grass, um, before you start. And that seems to be the recipe for t- completely fooling, um, ducks with multiple people.
0: Mm. Sounds like a lot of work.
1: yeah it is i mean yeah i mean brushing overall it's a lot of work but once you get to the point where you're just brushing the morning before it's it's no big deal you might need to get out there a little or you know just give yourself an extra little bit of time but it's well worth it and a lot of it goes back to the kind of vegetation you have as well i mean it, it it the more vegetation that you that you have the less you have to have to actually fill in but filling in is really important because it just gives it that full look and you can completely you can completely um disappear if you want to see a video of of the there's a video i've got on called pintails in the afternoon it's from season three if you go to the season three playlist you can find it and you can see where um we were doing it at our best with four guys completely covered in and when you when you see some of the some of these layouts um i mean you just can't even see them there it's just when you add the natural vegetation sorry there you just fill it in and there's just no way for for a duck to see that to know that that's a layout line it just looks too good
0: yeah i've seen i've seen them on your videos we've actually never layout hunted together uh but maybe we'll accomplish that this year sometime um because i'll have my Uh, layout all set up as well so definitely sounds like it's worth all the work to get out there get concealed and get them right in there on the decoys
1: yeah i'd say if you want to get in on one coming back to kansas in uh mid to late october that's normally we're almost always layout hunting at that time which would be the same place uh, you're going to
0: big groups of pintails
1: that would be that's your best opportunity for pintails (laughs) yeah mid to late october so if you want to come back during that time you're welcome to we'll be camping out there and and that's, All right. we almost always lay out hunt during, during
0: consider that it season. done. Yeah,
1: <laughs> sure. It, yeah. That, those are, those are yeah. really fun hunts because that's by far the most pintails you'll see around and you're getting widgeon and the gadwall are moving in and you can still sneak out a mallard or two sometimes. Um, so it's just the talk about mixed bags, it's layout hunting mixed bags and the weather's getting cooler. It's a wonderful time. Wonderful time. Awesome. Wow.
0: I will 100% be there.
1: All right. (laughs) You're in.
0: (laughs) All right. Um, So from there, what you got next?
1: Well, shooting out of a layout blind is definitely an adjustment. If you have never shot laying down and sitting up, it is just can just consider it a learning curve. You're going to probably suck for the first few hunts. I did. In fact, with me, it's been years. Um, If you if you guys watch Outdoor Limits. Um, videos on youtube you can see his videos last year he went through the same progression where um he started he actually got a redhead blind like we've got and he's he started um layout hunting as well and like his first four or five videos it was just and i kudos to him he was he didn't try to hide it at all um which a lot of a lot of um videographers like to hide when they have problems but he didn't hide it at all he showed (laughs) it and he was that's a that's a fancy word for youtubers Videographers. (laughs) Videographers. <laughs> yeah. Give them a low credit. <laughs> well, I mean, but I mean, you, you go and you watch, um, the professionally done, um, videos. You don't see a lot of misses. I yeah, mean, you're right. Think of like the most polished videos you see on YouTube. And I won't name you name them. You do not see misses. You do not see people talking about struggling with their shooting. You don't, you see birds dropping from the sky and everyone shooting limits. That's almost yeah. always what you see. Maybe not everyone's as bad a shot as you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Whatever. I, you know, I'm going to go off on a little bit of a side (laughs) rant. It's like, if you want to, to tell the entire world that you don't hardly ever duck hunt, criticize a few missed shots on a YouTube channel. It's like if, if I'm putting out a video and there's a few missed shots and someone's like, you guys are horrible shots. You know what that tells me? You don't hunt. Or if you do, you hardly ever hunt because anyone that's been out hunting knows that you're gonna have shooting slumps, that you're gonna miss shots. And if you see our group maybe on three or four passes, we shoot our limit and we miss three or four passes and you're commenting about us being bad shots, then you're not a hunter. So you're just making yourself look, you're just exposing yourself for the non-hunter you are.
0: I don't know what you're talking about. I haven't mm-hmm. missed a duck in months.
1: <laughs> you started off pretty slow last year.
0: <laughs> hey, I'm just saying it has been months since I've missed a duck. <laughs>
1: man, my first two years of, of putting videos on YouTube, man, I was terrible. Gosh, I just could not shoot to save my life. And then the last two years, all of a sudden, it's been great. So we all go we all go through those struggles. It gets mental, you know, it gets in your head. Yeah, yeah, it gets for sure. in your head. But anyway, shooting out of a layout boat or a kayak when you're starting off laying down is really diff- difficult. Number one, the timing is is harder. If you're if you're shooting off a bucket or you're just standing up, there's timing of two. Now, if you're not the shot caller in your group, um, then you're you're waiting on someone else to time it for you, which I guess is easier because then if you have a, a veteran calling the shots, they're essentially timing it for you. But if you're calling your own shots or you're depending on the timing, standing up or shooting off a buck at the timing, you can wait longer. You have to give yourself about another half second. Um, It's literally about that, about a half second earlier to pop up. And if you don't time it right, then you're shooting at the back end of a duck. So that is the first thing that's, that's difficult is the timing. And number two, it's a different form of shouldering it because you're doing a sit up and then shouldering it at the same time. So what happens is, the butt of the gun a lot more frequently, you know, like in late season, if you have a lot of clothes on and you get the butt of the gun, like kind of jammed st- right on your right b- beside, right before where you want it, you know, it like gets hooked into your clothing, you know um, yeah. that seems to be a lot more frequently to happen when you're layout hunting. And I think it's just the part of you're actually, as you're shouldering the gun, you're doing a sit up, So you're moving forward as you're shouldering it. So I think that's probably why it's just a little bit, it doesn't shoulder as fluently, Um, Good shooters, which I'm not that great, will tell you, you know, when you shoulder a gun, it should go to the exact same spot every single time instantly. So it's just a different, it's a different mechanism when you're doing a sit up and doing that. That's first of all. Second of all, it now when we started our layout boat hunting, we had um, hoods that you actually had to flip up. And that is, I'll never go back to that again. That is the hardest thing in the world. So, with your left hand, or this is the way I did it with my left hand, I go, I'm under the shotgun. I got my call in my right hand, and I got this hood over me. And it, it's the dog hood, which we still have them now, but we don't depend on them enough to, as much to flip them. So, you've got the hood kind of down over you. And as the shot's called with your right hand, you've got to flip the hood as you're sitting up. And then the right hand has to come perfectly to seat the um, butt where it goes. So it's a really difficult, it's so much harder. Um, And that's one reason why I started shooting better is that when we went to the redhead blind attachment, now you've got doors. And when you have doors, um, which it's still a little bit harder than not having doors because you have this pressure against your chest. But as you sit up, you naturally, the doors flip open on their own, um, which there's still moving parts in there so you can still get the gun kind of hooked up a little bit Um, But with the doors, your arms should be under the doors, not on top of the doors um, the whole time. So that's a little bit harder, but way easier than the hood. The hood that you flip up is death to to shooting. It's really, really, really hard. Um, So I had a lot of struggles with this aspect of another thing that the one thing I did was really a turning corner for me is um, I got a tip from Average Waterfowl Podcast, which they're not even going anymore. Uh, but I really enjoyed their, but they were like old school. They were like one of the very first, they might've even been before HB um, as far as doing their podcast. And I wish, wish they hadn't stopped, but um, it's just taking the time to practice shouldering your gun. And if you're having shooting problems at all, just doing this exercise works wonders where you just pick out different things in the room, unloaded gun, obviously, and you pick out something in the room and you quickly try to shoulder your gun and put it on that spot. And you just do that about 50 times and as much as needed. So I had done that, um, just standing up, but I had decided, okay, I need to do this in my layout, my layout boat. So I got down to my garage, did this several times laid in my boat and just practiced sitting up and pointing to different things in the garage as quickly as I could. And that, I feel like that that exercise was extremely effective for me in coming out of my layout boat shooting slump. Um, so I go back to, the, if I'm if I'm in a shooting slump, I'll go back to that and just shoulder and quickly get it on things. And and that helps the shooting as well. But expect you to have some shooting problems early if you're going to get into layout <laughs> boat hunting. It's going to happen.
0: One of my plans, I'll, I don't know if it's going to happen because you're going to have to have two people, but I was thinking about practicing shooting clays.
1: <laughs> yeah, we did that. We, we actually did that um, last off-season, or the off-season right before we had— the lease so we ha- in fact i have a video where we're doing that we got the layout boats set them up in a field and shot clays out of the layouts yeah mm. that's a great idea it's hard it- it's it's tough so but just expect that learning curve for sure and don't be too hard on yourself if you're struggling right away with it
0: all right well it does sound a little bit tricky but I'll definitely uh roll with punches on that one. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well and with your with your doors, I think um it'll be less of an issue than because I've been fighting hoods in my ground ground layout boat or layout blind and in my kayak I've been dealing with those hoods over the top of your head forever. And that I mean it's only this will be the third year now where I haven't had to deal with a hood. So just not just that it that's the one record of them all. So I mm-hmm. think you'll be alright. You'll be alright.
0: All right, so what do we have next for that?
1: Um, dog or no dog. So if you if you hunt with a dog, that definitely adds another element to deal with when you have a layout blind. Because um, like the redhead blind attachment, if you're going to use that, I really wish that they either, number one, had a way to deal with the dog or sold a different variety of a blind that accounted for the dog. It just is assuming you're not going to use one. And so we had to come up with a way to hide the dog. Before we used the redhead blind attachment, my dad got some conduit piping and some bimini fittings and and we found a method that works pretty well where <clears throat> basically just building a hood over them um as they sit right behind you. And with the redhead blind attachment, we had to even I mean, I, I took scissors to the thing and and I don't know what you're gonna do, Jordan. Um, on yours, but I actually took scissors to it and cut it in a different part. But you have to find you can't just leave your dog sitting out with no cover. Um, some people don't think dogs scare scare ducks, but I certainly do think that there's times that you can shoot ducks and get them in close with the dog sitting right behind you. But in the most as the most part, you want that dog covered. So um, you know that that's going to be an issue to how you go about dealing with that. And there's a less on YouTube. As far as how-to videos and how how to deal with the dog, I've I've never I know we've got one, um, I've got one on on my how-to videos. It's not a great one. There's very little out there about how to how to cover your dog with a layout blind. So and dogs also if you get them covered, I want my dog pretty much completely covered. Maybe her nose sticking out, but pretty much just totally covered. Especially having a yellow lab is a lot more important than a black lab just because they show up more. But they have a tendency to wanna see out of that. So they get kinda squirrely behind you in the layout boat. And if ducks are coming in and they see him, I know that Candy does this more than Izzy, but they'll they'll climb up and try to climb up over your shoulder to get a better look at it. So you gotta do training with your dog on the layout blind. How are you gonna conceal your dog and train your dog with it, practice your dog sitting in there uh, but there, there is certainly having a dog in a layout line has a whole nother level of complexity. Um, so you need to keep that in mind as well. But it, there are ways to deal with it. And they, they typically stomp you. They come up over your shoulder. If you shoot a tuck right out in front of you, they're going straight to it. So normally it's up over your shoulder and across your body as they go. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's definitely worth it to have them out there anyway. But So that's certainly something you need to keep in mind.
0: I think my plan on that is I will set it up like that as like a Plan B, um, but Plan A is I got the Mo Marsh, mm-hmm. um, and it's got telescoping legs. So you can put it out just about anywhere. Yeah, um, I've definitely been at some spots where you can't because the ground's sinking too much. But if I can, I'd rather have them in the Mo March because it just seems like a it might be a better option for that. Just to avoid getting everything wet in your bow. I know you talk a lot about it takes like a day to dry everything out after a layout hunt and
1: all that kind of stuff. Um <laughs> well and I will say with the layout with the redhead blind attachment, for some reason you get way less water in your boat. And I'm thinking part of that is because the Rafia blankets kind of that we had before that were just absorbing a lot of the water for some reason rolled up and so it's a lot drier with the redhead, but you're always gonna have certainly water in your boat when you have dogs coming in and coming out. So you're right. That's if you can handle it, if you can get it in there, your system with the Avery uh, or Momarsh, I'm sorry, is is better, for sure.
0: Yeah, so I'll I'll try that. It spots in a can, and if I can't, then I'll have it set up where I can put them right behind me, like you have it. So that's my plan for it. Um, but yeah.
1: And if you're if you're hardly Def- ever going to have to use that, where it's just a few hunts here and there, you might try a um, a tarp attaching raffia to a tarp and get away with it. If it's, if it's seldomly going to be needed, I would probably go that route. If I'm like, you know, every once in a blue moon, I'm going to have to have my dog behind me. Um, I might go to, um, just a blanket over him. Cause I have shot plenty of ducks in the past with, Izzy just under a tarp and, and decoyed Mm. him in, but it's not as good at all. But if I was just going to do like, you know, five hunts over the course of five years or something like that, um, cause you're talking about bending conduit and screwing things into your boat and, and it is, it's not the easiest thing in the world, depending on how handy you are, which I'm not. Yeah.
0: And the other thing is for me, I have to be able to flip mine over and set it on my Jeep. So if all that stuff prevents me from doing it, which you might be able to put that at the end behind where it goes on there, mm-hmm. um, and still be fine. So yeah, I'll have to play around with it and see. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm not opposed to going all out and setting it up that way. And then maybe it's more convenient, you know, to have to carry less stuff or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll, I'll figure it out what I got to do.
1: Yeah. And the way that hood fits, it it lays down. Um, so if they've a little way we do it, it can lay down. So we can, even with those hoods on, we can still stack them on top of each other. and Or you can even take the hood off however you need it. So it definitely can be worked um, for top of your Jeep with no problem.
0: All right so after shooting what's your uh, next well, i only
1: have one more and it was kind of a combo number one is solo or a friend um now i have always tried to if i can have a secondary um layout boat so that if i want to bring some, you just need a buddy that has one too unless you just want to solo hunt all the time so you need to think about that either you have a buddy that has one or if you can try to purchase a secondary little cheap one so that if you take someone out and that you can um take them with you. Um and also thinking about the safety involved with it. We try very hard. Now this is less true with our kayaks, which is another advantage over a kayak or a hybrid is that you're a little bit safer in um deep water than you are with a layout boat. A layout boat doesn't typically lotums don't have rudders. A lot of them don't have rudders um, underneath the boat and whatnot, so they in waves and stuff they're a little bit more unstable. So, but we we try to make a point to not take them in water over our head in really really cold water because if you're to flip one of those things, I mean you're in a lot of problem. But that's certainly another de- advantage to the kayaks versus the traditional layout boats. Layout boats are meant to be in shallow water; they're not meant to be out on a big reservoir crossing waves and. And so safety certainly is something that you need to be thinking about at all time when when you're doing it. And that goes back into the very first point of um, what type of layout boat are you going to get. Some of these bigger layout boats that have the transoms and the motors on it, obviously they're, they're more stable or I can't think of the name. Maybe it is the, the beaver tail. They've got big ones that are a lot more stable on um, open water. So just think safety from the beginning too. So you need to think through a lot of stuff before you decide um, which route you're going to go with layout boats.
0: Yeah, for sure. And yeah, and I guess going along that safety line is make sure you practice, Um, especially if you're going to have a dog first time going out on them. You don't want them to freak out at any point. Um, You know, chief's a veteran of canoe riding and a lot of people, when they hear that I'm going out in the winter with my dog and me in a canoe, they think I'm crazy. Yeah. Um, But you know, I mean, he, He's been doing it so many times, and I shouldn't say any, any, anything. Is always possible to happen, but you know, he's got to make sure you're you're safe on all that.
1: Yeah, I mean, if, is, before you're going out there, Aziz is he's as calm a dog as there is, and even you know, um, she was with me when we went out into the flood. They shift their weight a little dramatically, and it feels unstable. You know, mm-hmm. um, so even with a calm dog, you've got to train your dog for it and prep them and practice it and. Get out there in the summer where you can get them used to it. Don't just think you can throw your dog in there and go in the winter. Everything needs to be thought through.
0: Yep. Yeah. The first time, maybe it was the first time I took Chief out in the canoe with me, and he was still a pup, six months old, and uh, he tipped us right over. So
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've never. Fingers crossed. I've never. I've never tipped either a layout boat or a, uh, the kayak. I know my dad. My dad has. Um, a couple times, when he's flipped his, he flipped the really small ones where we had these eight foot cartons, and we immediately got him a carton's pintail, which is about a twelve footer, because these things were little and unstable. And he always flipped them trying to get in and out. Where he, at the beginning of the <laughs> hunt, I'd look over and he'd be Psh, going, in. it's like no. <laughs> I struggle <laughs> with <you're> going home. <laughs> yeah, well, very real. I I really struggle with my attitude. It's like beginning of the hunt, people falling in and getting themselves wet, it's like, you're just going to, I'm not going home. I mean, if, if this is a situation where hypothermia might set in or whatever, but if, you know, if you're just cold, I'm sorry, I'm not going to, you know, (laughs) that's really annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Got to keep the hunt going. Very few things can cancel a hunt. Very few things. (laughs) It's like, I don't remember that video of, um, of mine from last year where the boat broke down on the, in the, in the dark on, on that same lake that you and I went on that kind of treacherous one. And we had to paddle about a mile just to get to where we we're hunting. we're like, we're not going to cancel the duck hunt. We're still going to hunt. We're just going to figure out how to get out of this problem when the hunt is over. And ended up, we had to paddle that thing like three miles after the, that bit, the big boat, <laughs> three miles, but very, very few things. Did you could... shoot any ducks? Yeah. Well, we had a couple of really nice passes. And we didn't shoot many, but we had a couple really nice passes where mallards coasted right down in, and we shot four or five. I think we had two really nice passes and ended up with four, I think. Um, so it wasn't a great hunt, but it was a beautiful day, and it was the first time we'd ever hunted this place, and we had two beautiful passes. So it was certainly – it was worth it. It was worth it. Awesome. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, I hope everybody's ready to layout hunt now, and <laughs> – and uh, everybody just come to Kansas and <laughs> go hmm. to the prairie
1: marshes. <laughs> just not mine. Don't go to mine. Yeah, just <laughs> head to the bottom. No,
0: just <laughs> anywhere you have a good spot. And I got spots in Indiana. I'm thinking specifically, or I got some wood duck holes and some early season um, goose, and uh, honestly, a lot of good wood duck spots and teal spots. Um, and I haven't I haven't seen later in the season what they hold, but I got some spots for sure. I want to try this out and layout hunt. So, you know, if you haven't layout hunt, you know, consider it, you know, give it an option. Um, One thing Elliot and I are big proponents of is just having as many tools in your tool belt as possible. So any scenario you come to in duck hunting, you got the right tool for
1: the job. Absolutely. yeah, That is huge. The goal is to be never have a situation pop up where you don't have what you need in some way to get the job done. And I know that takes kind of years to slowly accumulate um, but a, a layout boat is a great tool. I mean, some years we will only lay out layout hunt three times in the year. The next year it could be 50, could be 10, but having that option there always at your disposal. And a lot of times we'll just use the kayaks to transport gear. You know, it's like, all right, let's just go in this back way. Cause we can haul more gear. So it's just being, like you said, just having as many tools as, as you can get to get the job done. Totally agree all right anything else you want to add before we wrap her up well if you guys are listening if there's anything that you think that i've missed or questions that you have head on over to fellowship with the duck gun post it there and we can take this conversation over that direction because i I love talking about um, this style of hunting so meet us over there and we can keep the conversation going all righty sounds good
0: i'm jordan from duck gun chronicles Elliot from freelance duck hunting hunting. (laughs) duff that up and that's all we got for tonight and we'll see you guys on the next one